Welcome to 20 Minute Tabletop, a podcast where each episode we share something from the gaming world that we find interesting or exciting in 20 minutes or less, or sometimes slightly more. It's an aim, the 20 minutes is definitely an aim, uh, rather than something that we can promise to deliver on, such as life really. You know, there's certain aims in life that you have, and you, you've got to set yourself goals and targets. Isn't this true, Kev? This is the kind of snappy intro that we're wanting to do as podcast in 20 minutes. Yes, I'm Kev, this is Tom, and this is our first episode, and we're going to talk about our first experience, a shared experience, of going to a board game cafe. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited uh, to do that. We, we've met up in Oxford, um, which we do annually, it's now a tradition, and last year we did try to get into the first in Meeple's board game cafe, but sadly uh, it was booked up, so this year we booked it well in advance and for 10 o'clock in the morning and arrived at half nine in the morning to make sure it was all okay to discover that the place was closed which caused a a bit of trepidation and fear Uh, but it opened bang on at 10 and we had our first experience of uh, first in there weren't we yeah keen keen as mustard yeah and i've just googled this and it it was the uk's first gaming cafe so it's kind of the home of it place where it all started so a good place to um to try our first uh, gaming cafe. So what do you reckon, Tom? I love the community of board gaming. Um, well, what not the people so much. Um, what I mean by the, the community is, is the fact that in Blanford, for example, where I live, um, twice monthly in the, the brewery, the Badger Brewery, um, they have a board game night on a Thursday night, first and third week of the month, and... I could just as simply stay at home and play a game with it. Because you play with the same group, ostensibly, as you would do if you were um, playing in your own house. But there's something beautiful, I think, about sitting in a room and just knowing that everybody around you is playing a, a board game and you get to walk around and you can think, oh, look at that. I've never seen that game on the table before. That's what um, Terraforming Mars looks like. Or sometimes you'll walk past and you'll see a... Uh, a game that uh, there was a game that was being played today next to us towards the end that I'd never seen before. I still don't know what it was, but the table presence of this game was was beautiful. Um, and so you asked me what I thought about it. That was my initial disappointment, really, in of entering the the cafe was was where we were sat. Yeah, I think that's it's the buzz, isn't it? You see, I, I go to a, a gaming club up in Stockport where I live. Uh, and it's that feeling, you know, when there's a buzzing gaming hall of like, these these are my people. And um, you'll have sort of passing conversations like, oh, that looks good, mate, doesn't it? Look at this. What's going on here? And then people will enthuse at you and then you'll be away and you, you might discover something new. And if not, you've just chatted to someone nice. You've learned a bit about, about the hobby. And I think you probably get that from a, a gaming cafe. Um, I think maybe booking it at 10 o'clock and arriving at half nine to an empty board gaming cafe, maybe deprives that you a little bit. But we booked a three-hour slot, didn't we? Or the only slot you can book. So it was, what, 12 quid to book it, I think. Um, and then you can, it's a cafe, which I later realised it's a board gaming cafe, so you can have drinks and things. We had drinks and food and played some games. But, um, yeah, we sort of deprived ourselves. I don't think it was a fault of the cafe necessarily. I think it was probably just the time we arrived. And there's all in Oxford, it's kind of split into two bits. There's like a... 
a window view where they put all the beautiful people. I can only guess, because or maybe the people who arrived first. That's a possibility too. Um, so we were like the only people in that bit, and then the back bit, the gaming hall, as it were. Uh, that was quite buzzing by the time we left. It was, yeah, and um, and actually the the aesthetics of the whole place was was lovely. They've got um, fantastic art on all the walls that's representing sort of games that we know and love. Yeah, it's all the board game geek stuff, and it's really tastefully done, isn't it? Yeah, really. As in, you know, to the extent where where my wife has walked into that cafe with me and said, "You you can have those on the wall at home if you want." You know, um, it's it's really really nicely done. Um. We were saying really that it's the pub, probably the best opportunity you've got in a board gaming cafe like that is is to get a, t- a game to the table because I think they had something like was it two thousand or two yeah over two thousand games yeah and and obviously the hobby can include some very expensive games that might cost eighty to a hundred pounds and if I was doing it again what I would suggest is choosing a game that you've always wanted to try. And bringing that one to the table. So you don't have to make the investment of £80, but you get to experience a game that maybe you're thinking about trying. Yeah, I'd add a couple of things to that. Because we were going to give Spirit Island a go, weren't we? Something we've both fancied. And as it happened, they're like, oh, our our copy's not here. So presumably someone had taken it home or maybe it was missing a piece and they would get sourcing extra bits for it. So if you're going to go and you want to kind of use that strategy of, oh, I'll try something expensive that I'm not sure about, I'm on the fence about Maybe have a two or three in mind, but also having, you know, experienced it now for the first time. I think if you're going to do that, you need to familiarise yourself with the rules a little bit before you go, because you could quite easily, especially on the complex, an eighty quid or a hundred quid game is going to be complicated. Uh, it's going to have loads of moving bits, so I think it's worth doing your due diligence and maybe even if you need to just watch a, you know, a rules in five minutes video or something, get a feel for it because you could merrily waste that golden gaming time just with your head in a rule book, not speaking to your mate, with your fingers in your ears, ignoring the place you're in. Very much the case when you've got a three-hour time limit as well. You, there's another pressure that I hadn't really thought of before, which is that you, whatever you choose to play has to have a, a perfect ending time. You know, ideally, sort of... We fluked it, didn't we? Big time. Yeah, we did. We did fluke it. So we, we played two games. Uh, first one was Cascadia which I'd only heard of. I knew it was popular. You'd heard some buzz about it, hadn't you? Yeah, it's it's a game I've wanted to try, and it's one of my regular gaming group in Blanford had it. So I was a bit 50-50 about whether that was the game I should try because I knew in the next couple of weeks it would be a game that was hitting the table anyway. Uh, the reason I chose it for today was I figured it was... I knew enough about it to know that we'd get through the rules relatively quickly and be able to play that game and enjoy it and it wouldn't be too complex it's a game that i knew was was quite family friendly a game that was quite relaxing it was relaxing i quite and you know aesthetically it looked good no it it didn't especially <laughs> well the particular copy that we had was battered wasn't it yeah it's it, that was another thing about it was um the rule book was, and this, you know, it's no criticism. It, it clearly had been looked after because they'd laminated aspects of the rule book to, to prevent. Yeah, and it's no small feat, is it, that that must have had, you're talking hundreds of plays, 200, 300 plays to get it in the worn state that it was. None of the bits were missing. I mean, that is impressive. And they've got 2,000 games. They take great care, don't they? The staff, I don't know whether you noticed on our way out, they'd taken the games and they checked through it, carried all the bits. 
and only then were they putting them back on the shelf. Oh, that's good. That's which really is good. really encouraging, isn't it? I don't know. That, I guess that's the same in old board game cafes because it's their big asset, isn't it? You know, there must be thousands and thousands of pounds, tens of thousands even. Yeah, games. And, and they were the staff there were, were good in, in terms of, I always had this picture of a board game cafe of somebody coming up and saying, ah, a bit like... Um, a sommelier a, kind of A game. sommelier or, a, you know, a waiter asking what the specials are for that day and sort of talking you through uh, the game. We had a little bit of that. You know, somebody said, look, they saw us at the two-player game. We needed a small filler game to last for the last hour. So we picked up a, I think it's 2012 or 2014 small box game called Fungi. Or fungi. Yeah. Um, there's an obvious pun there, uh, but I'm not going to make it. The uh, And it's a, a game based on mushrooms. And the person there saw us, because that's the other thing, you're staring at a, essentially a, a giant shelf that's containing over 200 and 250 games. And it's a little overwhelming. You know, we could play any one of these 250 games. And I have the same issue in Tesco uh, when I go for the weekly shop that... I'll sometimes come home with one shopping bag that includes 15 items. And my wife will say, what have you been doing? And I, <laughs> and I will say, well, I've been looking at all of the different types of chili sauce in the shop for 30 minutes and reading the requisite. Sealed options paralysis. Thing, yeah, isn't it? it's not, you know, as a board game, I should probably be better at that. So, so the nice woman there, she came up and said, look, you know, I play this game weekly with my partner. It's nice and light. It's themed around mushrooms, and it was nice to have. Uh, yeah, it was a good slot for that because we'd probably been playing Cascadia. By the time we'd absorbed the rules, worked out what was going on, chilled out, had a chat and everything, you know, we were probably, what, getting on for an hour and 45 or maybe two hours into our um, into our experience there, and then we had that last little slot. So I think if you're going to go as well, there's something about Pick a pick a big game, pick a little game, uh, in your three hour slot. I know that there's one in Sheffield, um, near where I live, and they they have that waiter sommelier type thing. So you have, I think they have like a a starter, a main, and a pudding type vibe. So you have a board game menu, and for a starter, you might have sushi go. You know, a real quick, snappy thing. You've got a main course, a spirit island, and then for pudding, something you know, daft, your little. Um, Rhino Hero. Rhino Hero, something quite physical just because your brain's probably melted by that point. I think that's a really a good idea. Yeah, and um, just my thoughts on Cascadia, because we did play that for the first time today. I We both talked about Cascadia after and whether it would potentially make our collections. I, 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 I really liked Cascadia. I thought it was a great, great little game. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, and it involved that lovely board game mechanic that you get, which is dipping your hand into a bag and pulling out sort of quite tactile little pieces of wood. That's always a favourite. Yeah, a bit similar to how you do in Azul or similar to how you do to an Arkham Horror living card game or even Quacks of Quedlingburg. That kind of dip I your hand... I played that one. Oh, that's very... That's a push-your-luck game. Uh, it's really good. Um, but yeah, you dip your hand in, you pull out little animals, you can get little foxes or little bears. And what you're trying to do without going too far into, into the rules here, is each one of those animals corresponds to a card and the card will say, look, if you're trying to get foxes, you need to surround those foxes with pairs of different animals. If you're trying to get these eagles, make sure that the eagles are nowhere near any other eagle. Yeah, get a line of stags, get four bears, 
Bears and pairs. Bears and pairs. <laughs> yeah, the sc- the scoring cards. I don't know how many they are. Presumably loads. But um, yeah, you could play that game forever, couldn't you? It's like a coffee table game, I think. Yeah, and it, and it, and it was, despite the copy we played being a bit battered. It was clearly a beautiful game and had a simplicity about it that made you think it, it could have been. It, it, it's a modern. I think I can argue that game will be a modern day classic, and that you can see it's been rewarded with a couple of expansions already. Um, and you can see why people would, would love it. Is it is it fun? I got into it. My my initial thing, especially, I would describe myself more as a miniature gamer. Uh, and if I do go into the board game sphere, I like things where I can really get deep into one particular system. I like too many bones. Arkham Horror. So these point salady or even Euro games, these standalone kind of experiences, I can often take them or leave them. And that was my first gut feeling was, ah, yeah, you know, it was stags, was it? We're getting stags in a row, fine. It could have been eggs from birds. It could have been, I don't know, Alsatians and kebab shops. It could be whatever (laughs) you want. Um, But in reflection, loved it. It's really, it's simple to just bang out a cliche, simple to learn, complex to master. I can imagine you could math that out and spend hours over a single term getting every last point. So it's got it's universal appeal, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a game that a good player will beat you every time. Oh, yeah. And yet at the same time, if you wanted to play this this game with your, your mum or your six-year-old kid, they'll pick it up in five minutes as well. Yeah, you know? someone who's not that into games... You know, it's it's got the aesthetic. It's got the, I can choose one or two of these mechanics to engage in and still maybe win, um, you know, or, or do well enough to have another go. Yeah. And I, it's a grower. It's a grower, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, really enjoyed lining up a lot of salmon. And it has got a little bit of a take that mechanic. Not, you know. Not, oh, yeah. I'll, well, I, I did some spike salmon binning. You did? <laughs> just hoovering up salmon and just dumping them. Yeah. Into the bin, which is great. And so whilst you're building your own kind of um, natural habitat and placing your little animals on it, uh, the other person will be mindful. Oh, I can see Kev is, is really into his bears. And uh, I see there's a bear here. I, I will take this bear in order to. So it's a game where you can play your own game or you can play against the other person. And it's really good. I can see, I can actually see why a lot of people are, you know, Big fans of this game. Yeah, but this goes back to the um, what you're going to get out of a gaming cafe is if you're on the fence about that, well, you just save yourself 40, 50 quid or whatever the game costs. You can go there, particularly if you live near one of these things. It's kind of a special trip for us, wasn't it? But, um, if, you know, you could put some serious mileage in there. And is it Fury of Dracula? Is it FFG Games Workshop crossover? That, I may be wrong. At one point, maybe now, it was like hundreds of pounds out of print, uh, it's not going to come back in print because of the nature of the publisher. So you can either pay your money on eBay or you can, you know, just play it at the board game cafe. You know, but you'll be bored of it after, you know, five plays or whatever. If it's a regular thing, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, just a short note on Fungi, the, the two-player game that we oh, played. Yeah. Uh, Fungi was, I mean, it's a budget game. and it's Was a- that how you'd categorise it, a budget game? Well, yeah, it's about twelve pounds, ten to twelve pounds, oh, right, and yeah, like, I, like I said to you at the time, that's the equivalent of two pints today. Because Kev doesn't drink, so he was shocked and horrified at the idea that yeah, a pint. Was, I still thought a pint was about three quid, which was when I was last drinking. 
Apparently not. No, it's six, uh, f- between four and six pounds in, in the south of England. Um, so, yeah, you're looking at about 10 or 12 pounds. Again, it was a game that had really, really, really nice art. It was about, it was a set collection game. You're trying to collect a lot of um, yeah. mushrooms and then you can either sell your mushrooms, you can cook your mushrooms. And it was fine. It was, it was fine. Best categorized as fine. Yeah. It, I enjoyed it, and it's another one which was simple enough to learn, although the rules felt a bit overly complicated. For a simple game, you just think it may be a bit badly written. But the game was fine. Um, but you could tell that, again, a good player would beat you every time. Um, so that was good. It wasn't that chancy. I don't think you had a penalty of opportunity to manipulate the state of play. But what I found, Tom, was it was fiddly. So you had a river of cards. And a forest of cards, actually. A, a forest of cards. Yeah, so there was some like slightly uh, thematic language in there which complicated things a little bit for my simple brain. So you had the decay pile, which is effectively a discard pile. And the, so a temporary discard pile. So the mushrooms, will, when they fall off the end of the river, the forest... They go into the decay pile, and eventually that decay pile will get discarded. But you're constantly like shuffling this this little um, river of cards around. I find that a bit annoying, to be honest. Yeah. Do you, do you know what though? Having said the game is fine, I actually think it's it is genuinely a really solid, really nicely produced, decent game. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I I just think that. It's the kind of game that if I was playing, I'd happily put it in my, you know, in my back pocket and play it to pass some time in a pub with somebody. But what I want to say, you know, oh, I can't wait for my next game of Fungi. Pro- probably not, you know. But it was fine. It was fine. It was a decent enough, decent enough experience. No, it was. And um, obviously, being in a a board game cafe where people play board games, would you believe? Um, the table size was. Um, we we had a table for two, but it was plenty plenty big enough. Um, although I was wishing that you had a few little accessories like, um, you know, like pots to put your. It felt like they could have put some pots into, you know, put meeples or whatever in. Although maybe if you asked for that kind of stuff, I don't know. But um, as a as a kind of a an environment to play games in, it was perfect, wasn't it? They had really nice chilled out music. Oh yeah, clean. Uh, yeah. Food and coffee on the go. Yeah, I'd I'd heartily recommend it. Um, like I said, the the caveat I would have really is. Is almost make a decision with your group. What are you going for? Is it to try out a game? You know, are you all going to commit to learn the rules before you go? Uh, that would probably be the best way. But yeah, it was it was absolutely lovely. And you know, we're talking about um, twenty minutes on something that makes us happy about gaming. And I must say that the fact that these cafes are now popping up in different towns and cities across the country is a, a great joy to me. I've really, really liked my time today. Yeah, I think they've all got uh, great names as well. I was just looking up. Apparently the next one that opened after Thirsty Meeples is Snakes and Lattes, yeah. which is, is good. So they're a lovely place, um, really relaxing vibe. And uh, But yeah, I think the one caveat that you've covered, if you're going to go and try a big box game, definitely do your bit of reading before just so you can get the most out of your time there. But fantastic. Great day, Tom. Perfect. And thank you for listening. Uh, We will be back shortly to talk about another tabletop joy that we have in around 20 minutes. We've done really well this time. It's around 20 minutes. So once again, thanks for listening. I've been Tom. I've been Kev. See you next time. See you next time.